Welcome to the Breadcrumb Trails podcast. Uh, today we are going to be interviewing Karen, who is a former sex worker, and she is currently uh, connected to the Prostitution Information Center in Amsterdam. Hi, Karen. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What uh, what uh, what exactly do you do for the information center? What exactly do you what is it? What does a normal day look like for you? Um, well, to start with, I'm still a sex worker. Okay. I'm not a yeah. I still work as a sex worker, and um, one or maybe sometimes more days a week. I work at the prostitution information center. And that's, it's where we give information about sex work in all its appearances to people who are interested, mostly tourists. But we also have lots of um, student groups uh, that we give lectures to and um, guided tours. Yeah, the red light district is kind of um, fascinating for us because uh, here in Canada, we do have you know, red light districts, they're seen as very dirty, very, very dangerous, and having a very poor stigma surrounding it, is what I think she's trying to say. Thank you. So, yeah. So, what do you want people around the world to know about, you know, sex work in general? Uh, well, wh one of the things we always say is uh, sex work is work. No, it's mm -hmm. a job. And uh, it's not because it has the uh, reputation of being, like you say, something criminal and that people are being forced to work as a sex worker, which is not the case, especially not in the red light district in Amsterdam. It's one of the safest areas to work. And it's also one of the most independent ways to be a sex worker. Because they, all the, the women, it, it's, all, it, it, it's all women in the windows, are independent entrepreneurs, so they run their own business. Wow, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So what do protections in Amsterdam for sex workers look like at the moment? What sort of things do they have set up to protect you? Because I know here in Canada, you know, it's not illegal to buy sex, but it is illegal to sell it. So oh. it's the actually the is sex. It the it's the other way around? Well, it should be the, the other way around. Well, it should be. Uh, uh, nothing should be illegal, <laughs> in our opinion. But in here in the Netherlands, uh, sex work is legal, and that's very important. So when something happens to you, you can go to the police. Yes. And you can go to the police, and they will not arrest you for being a sex worker, which is mm -hmm. what can happen in other countries where sex work is illegal. Yeah, see... And that's a very important thing. Also, in the red light district, it's, well not very much so now due to corona but usually it's very busy there's always people around and there's a lot of cameras police cameras and uh, all companies have their own cctv system you're never alone you're never just on your own working there's always colleagues with you usually three or four girls in one in the company so and um usually it's very safe but the most important thing, it's not illegal. See, here in Canada, it's the sex worker that gets arrested, and that is absolutely disgusting. I am firmly of the yeah. mind, <clears throat> at least, you know, 
I am firmly of the mind that sex work should not be illegal, that we should decriminalize and legalize that. It is an avenue of work for a lot of people that I know. It is an avenue of work that a lot of people have, uh, maybe have to, maybe want to undertake uh, in order to, you know, meet their basic needs. And it's something that should not be illegal. You should not be arrested for it. But I think that here in Canada, at least, we have things like we're a little backwards. We're a little scared almost. And I absolutely love the fact that, you know, like you said, the red light district, the sex work in Amsterdam is probably one of the safest areas to work in. That is absolutely astounding what you guys have done. Yes. And it's, it's also, um, like I said, independent because you are your own shop. You, the girls decide which clients they accept and which clients they do not accept and uh, with which services they provide and, and how much they charge. Oh. Nobody, nobody, nobody is employing you. Mm, wow. you, just rent, you just rent your working room for your shift and then it's your shop for the duration of the shift. And so we know the protections that happen in the legalities of it, but what kind of protections do you have uh, health-wise? Um, well, it, it, that's your own responsibility, sort of, but I don't know any sex workers that work without condom. It's mm -hmm. always working with condoms. Um, and if the client exists, then you simply refuse him. No sex without mm -hmm. condom, then you can go, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. There's also the municipal health care has a, a, a location in the red, very near the red light district where sex workers can go for STD checks. It's free of charge and anonymous. Oh, that's wow. very important. Yeah. If you need treatment, that's also free of charge. And it's not only in Amsterdam. All the municipal health care in other cities have that as well. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, but it's the figures prove that the um, the the STD among female sex workers that is is much lower than average in the country. Mm, that's insane. That's I love it. Yeah, but when you think when you think about it, um, it's work. There's nothing emotional when you are with your boyfriend and you think, oh, I forgot the condoms, but who cares? You know, yeah, it's it's different. Mm -hmm. Or when you pick up some somebody from a bar and you have had a few drinks, you might be less careful. You know what I mean? But yeah. when you're working, hygiene is a very important thing. Yeah, it's always washing, always cleaning up. Yeah, never without a condom. Mm. So I'm curious because um, a lot of like, I guess our stigma against sex work comes from like old ideas um in your school system how is um like sex education treated because for us it's a lot of like oh just just don't have sex abstinence is key and like we don't get a lot of like actual information on how to keep yourself safe well it's been a long time since i've been in school i have to admit <laughs> so I'm, I'm not really sure how it is today I think uh, sex ed is usually about when a girl says no, she means no, you know, and how to get yourself from, protect yourself from getting pregnant, birth control. And I think the issue of sex work is not really covered in the uh, sex education at school. I don't think so, no. But I'm not sure. 
again, I'm, I'm uh, like I said, it's, it's a long time since I was in school. Mm -hmm. So what's it like living in Amsterdam overall? Um, like, I don't, I don't know how to put that into any better, into any easier words. Um, what is life like overall in Amsterdam uh, for you? Uh, for you? Um, well, you mean in regards to the red light district or something? Sorry, uh, just kind of, I guess, in general, I'm kind of branching out specifically away from the topic of sex work, at least for this okay. specific question. So kind of overall your everyday life living in Amsterdam. Um, well, it, for me, it's a bit difficult because I've never lived anywhere else. So I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to. But it is, um, it is a very beautiful city and there's a lot of things to do. You should really come over and see it. I, I I fully intend to it someday. Uh, I, I fully intend to someday. I just don't have the cash to do that, unfortunately, right now. Oh, uh, yeah, so. well, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah like, like, personally, I did just come back from a trip from... Well, Amsterdam, Amsterdam has existed for 700 years now, and it will be around for some time, so I think yeah. you have time. <laughs> yeah, I have been to Amsterdam before, actually, quite recently, and it was a oh. very beautiful city, and I loved it. The red light district um, got a little lost a few times, but you know, with all the police officers around, I never felt unsafe there. Yeah, and there's a lot of other interesting things to see apart from the red light district. Oh yeah, <laughs> I saw the uh, Van Gogh Museum, yeah. and uh, I went to Harlem as well. And yeah, that's a very beautiful town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I loved it there. Yeah. And oh yeah, the concert KBAL was um, probably the best concert hall I've ever been to. As an experienced sex worker, as somebody, you said you've been doing this for some time now. Um, yeah. Is there, if there's anybody, if anybody wants to, I guess, take on this path or they feel that this is the only path that they have available to them what piece of advice would you give to them as uh, somebody who's been around been doing this for for quite some time what piece of advice would you give to somebody who's just getting into sex work um, that you should be very uh, careful to not go over your boundaries mm. you should be careful not to go over your boundaries awesome yeah mm. yeah um, so don't let anybody force you to do things you do not want to do Mm. Yeah. And other than, I guess, boundaries, if there, what was the one thing, or what was one thing that you wish people had told you when you got into sex work? Well, I wasn't very, 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 very young when I started sex work, so I sort of knew what I was going into. And it was also um, a very uh, deliberate choice for me, because I didn't have to do it for the money. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I had a very good job, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I sort of got tired of it and I thought, why don't I become a sex worker? I know I can do that. You also have, you have to be able to have sex with people you you only know, know ten, 10 minutes or even less, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, I think you know if you're able to do that. And, um, um, and, and that it's a very... Um, basically anyone can do it. You don't need a diploma. 
See, and uh, yeah, there's not something like a whore academy. See, that's fascinating because, like Carol said earlier, over here in North America, sex work is seen as something inherently dirty, which is an that that attitude absolutely disgusts me. But I mean, that's just well, they, the way our culture is. It, they call it the oldest profession in the world, and that's uh, not for nothing. And as long as there is, as long as there are clients, there will be sex workers. Mm. Yeah, the fact that sex work is seen as something inherently dirty over here, it, it absolutely disgusts me because like I said, I have friends who do sex work. Um, I have friends who, for one reason or another, have had to get into sex work because they haven't really had another choice in order to look after basic necessities. And yet they are demonized, they are criminalized for it, and that is absolutely heartbreaking. You guys seem to have such a, I, I want to say, such an enlightened attitude about this. It is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Yes, but I have to say that our current government yeah. um, is a coalition and there's also two Christian parties. Oh. And they are very much, yeah, so they're very much against sex work and they want to, uh, they are doing a lot of things to encourage it. So there is a bit of a threat at the moment. But basically, um, it's, it's viewed as a normal... We also pay tax. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a legal profession. That's so awesome. So you pay tax. That's, <laughs> that's no problem. Huh. And, uh, but on the other hand, condoms and lubricants and other things that you need for your jobs are also tax deductible. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that, really. <laughs> Yeah, when you're a carpenter, you, you need a hammer and nails, you know, for your yeah. job, and we need condoms and lubricants, so it's sex deductible. Mm. <laughs> Danny, you're awfully quiet. Anything that you want to ask? If we wanted to move away from how we deal, view sex work as, like, as we've said, dirty, how do you think we should do that on the grander scale of things? Um, I don't quite understand... The, the dirty, why you say it's dirty? You mean it's not decent or something? No, it's inappropriate, it's it's not allowed, it's, it's like, it's, we, we view it as, if you're doing sex work, you're either, you're forced into it, you're, you've been kidnapped into this, like, a sex trade, like, you're not doing it willingly, or you're doing it, be, like, to feed a drug addiction, like, it, it's just, it's vilified. I understand, and that's that's a sort of prejudice that we have to battle as well. That that's a lot of people that visit us at, at PIC have that picture of, of sex work, and it is something that actually does exist. There is human trafficking and there is forced prostitution, but in the Netherlands we estimate that's only 10, maybe 15 percent of the women and men, there's also male sex workers of course, that are in some way forced or are exploited. Mm. Um, for the other way, for the other 85%, 85 to 90%, it's just a nice and easy way to make a living because you can make good money. So um, and it should, be, it should be accepted that for people it can be a choice. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the media pay a lot of atten attention to newspapers and TV here in the Netherlands as well to the bad part of it, you know, the human trafficking and the forced prostitution, uh, which makes people believe that sex work is um, 
human trafficking, which is not, but it's not the case. In the red light district, the, the Wallen, we have three red light districts, by the way, but the, the most famous one, the Wallen, many of the girls, about 50%, come from Eastern European countries. And the image is that they are all lured to the Netherlands with promises of having a job as a waitress or working as a dancer, and then are forced to work as a sex worker, which is not the case. It used to be like that when the Iron Curtain first fell in 1989 mm -hmm. those things happened but now everyone has a mobile phone everyone has a smartphone um they chose that the girls choose to work in amsterdam because it is very safe and because it's very regulated and you can make good money and, and i work my uh, my escort work is through an agency mm -hmm. And sometimes when I have a client, it, it doesn't happen very often. And I think, oh, I, I don't know about that one. I can contact the agency, you know, and get feedback from them. So you're not on your own. Cool. And in the red light district, there's also the Bravo managers. They work in shift. There's always someone present. And they are there to look out for the girls. So when the client gets nasty, they will remove them. And when something happens, you can go to them for assistance. Um, out of all of the, I guess, out of all of the clients that you have had, out of all of the people that you have met in your profession, do you have clients, do you have like a favorite country for clients? You know, people that come in from a specific area or a specific favorite type of uh, client? Well, I do escorts, so I don't see many tourists. Okay. It's usually Dutch residents. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right, we, we don't have a lot of information on the escort and sex work professions over here. Like I said, it's it's very taboo and it's seen as kind of a lower uh, a, a lower job almost or a lower profession. It's seen as something that is, like we said earlier, inherently dirty and gross. And that's not the way it should be looked at at all. It's something that- No, I don't think so. I have, I do have several clients with uh, disabilities. I, I have a client that lives in a mental hospital. For those guys, it, it's very, almost impossible to have a normal relationship with, with, with someone else. Yeah. You, know, you understand, but they do have their needs, like any other guy. So they are more or less, if they want to have experience intimacy or sex, uh, they are dependent on professional sex workers. For that, yeah, for, for, for those, for that client, he is, he is, he lives in that um, mental hospital. He's very sick in his head, but he he does have have his physical needs. So there has to be something, and it's a human right, even for people who are in a wheelchair or who are not right in there, to have to experience that. Hold on, hold on. I just want to, I just want to rehash that. I want to kind of just repeat that for a sec. Did you just say sex work or sorry, sex is a human right? I think so. Yeah. That is intimacy. amazing. I love that. I absolutely love that. Not just the sex, but intimacy. I also have a client who only wants me to lay in bed with him. He doesn't need anything else. Just being in bed together. So as you opposed know, being, to being the actual- close to a human, human being. So as opposed to the actual sex act, it's, yeah, it's the, the closeness, you know, the, I guess the physical closeness. The closeness, 
The sex is important, but the closeness, I think, is just as important. You've just blown my mind. Absolutely, 100%. Oh. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. You're very welcome. Danny and Carol, anything else that you'd like to ask? Um, what sort of advice do you have for someone hoping to uh, purchase these services while traveling or even purchasing these services in general? Um, treat the sex workers like you would treat anybody else. That's basically it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we do the tours, um, mm -hmm. I heard one of my colleagues, who is actually from the United States, explain to people, well, it's all right to look at the girls, but that, because that's why they're in the window, but you don't, don't act like you're in the zoo or something like that, you know, or uh, gape mm -hmm. at them or point at them. And uh, that really didn't cross my mind, because I've lived in Amsterdam all my life. I'm used to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The girls have always been there, and I always knew what they were doing. When I was little, my mom said they are, they are selling kisses. You know, and when you tell it to a child like that, they think, oh, okay. Ch mm -hmm. Children aren't prejudiced, you know. That's okay, you sell kisses. I think that's a nice job. And that it's okay. And you grow up with, with, with it viewing views of that way. They do. They do act like that at home. Our, like, we get, we don't like it in our own neighborhoods. Like, I live a couple of blocks away from a strip club. Um, and you get the bachelor parties because that's, you know, that's the thing you gotta do. You gotta go to the strippers. They're loud and obnoxious and they come in big groups and they think they can do whatever they want because they're spending money. That's not how you need to behave in that environment. You need to still, like, this is, there's still people that live around in this neighborhood. Well, maybe so, we hope there. so. You, like I say, it's you still You can't exists. just be belligerently drunk um, and annoying. But it's not like every sex worker is victim. On the contrary. The, 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 the victim cases that we know of in the Netherlands are usually underage girls, 15, 16 years old, um, that are forced by their so-called boyfriends. And usually those boyfriends uh, are not really boyfriends. Uh, and they force the girl by saying, if you love me, you, you do that for me. And uh, they usually pick out very vulnerable girls. They exactly know how to pick their victim. That's the cases of uh, forced prostitution that we know of. Not the, not the women who work as uh, escorts or work in the window or work in clubs and private houses. So emotional blackmail. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. And usually that's very, that's underage and very vulnerable girls. That breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yeah. breaks yeah, my yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How has sex work evolved um, in your years involved in the industry? In my years in the industry, well, it's been much more regulated. Especially in Amsterdam, there are lots and lots and lots of rules that you have to... In 2000, they lifted the ban on brothels. Sex work was legal, but it was not legal to have a brothel, which doesn't make sense, of course. So they skipped that rule. But it also gave the city the opportunity to control. So they had rules about that the rooms have to be um, made of materials that's easy to clean, it has to be safe, it has to be cleaned every day and between shifts. Um, but the, uh, the, the consequence is that, is that it looks more clinical. 
no more there's no more red velvet you know in the rooms it's white tiles mostly because it has to be easy to clean yeah mm -hmm. I, I, by the way I, I i haven't worked in the windows yet i mostly do escort i have a question at the back of my mind that has been i i've been wa i've been wanting to ask now for for at least a few minutes what is the tax percentage on sex work uh well we have uh, the vat that's 21 percent Mm. That, which means one in every five clients. Okay. And there is the regular income tax. Yeah. So together it can add up to almost uh, 40% of your earnings. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's, that's quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. So it's highly taxed. It's highly taxed. Yeah. Well, basically we have two VAT rates. One is nine percent and the other is 21 and we have the high rate what are some of the myths and misconceptions about the red light districts in amsterdam that you wish people would get over um what, well the biggest myth is that all women who work there are forced yep that's not the case uh, another myth is that it's humiliating mm -hmm. but the women don't experience it that way um what they also phrase it like women are being put behind the windows and that's not the correct way to phrase it because then you make the women the women an unwilling somebody who is being handled without their consent mm -hmm. you should say they hire a suitable working place that's what it is like yeah wow. and the women are being abused as tourist attractions um, that's something that you hear for the last, the past 10, 20 years. But in fact, it's always been like that, of course. And uh, the girls don't mind the, the, the tourists coming there because the tourists are the main part of their clientele, mm -hmm. especially in the Valle. The red light, the, the, the most part of their clients are tourists. So it is important that uh, for the city, when they make regulations, and that's, and that's the thing that they do not do, um, to ask the girls what they think. The city decides it's humiliating for them, but it's not. They don't feel it like that. Would you say in that, in that respect then that it's almost an empowering feeling for the women who work in, in the sex work trade? For some of them it actually is, yeah. Because those girls set the rules, make no mistake, in the windows, yeah. The average, mm -hmm. the, the sort of minimum rate, um, if you want to visit a sex work, is 50 euros. And that's for a blowjob or regular sex. If you want anything else, you have to pay extra. Wow. If you pay for a blowjob, the girl will, will keep her clothing on. What kind of... They don't wear much clothing, but what they wear, they will keep wearing. If you want them to undress, you have to pay extra. Otherwise, it will, you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So... I had an article cross my news feeds uh, probably a few weeks ago now, and it mentioned something about Amsterdam cracking down on tourism. Is that a thing that's happening currently at the moment where, um, in Amsterdam? Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. How bad is it, and how do you see that affecting? Well, you said um, sex. You said tourists are a majority of the clientele for sex workers, so obviously that's going to impact, uh, I guess, your line of work. How do you see that shaping up in the future? What is that going to look like for you guys? Well, it is a very difficult, it is a very difficult subject 
En uh, one, uh, one party is the people who live in the Wallen. De Wallen nu, de Red Light District, is one of the oldest part of the city. And it is one of the most expensive parts to live now. You have to be really, really rich if you want to live there. So those are well-educated people who complain about things like over-tourism. And over-tourism is a thing that exists. And one of the, the, the more nasty things that we experience is the, the bachelor parties. I don't know mm. if you're familiar with that phenomenon. Yes. Yep. I am yes. not. Do you yeah. have that in Canada? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we know what yeah. you're and get a little bit out of hand. I can get a little bit out of hand, and those people um, are very uh, noisy. They usually are very drunk, or take drugs, make noises in the middle of the night, screaming, shouting being everywhere, vomiting everywhere, and that's that's the the, the thing that annoys the people who live there. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes them, no, no, but no do the sex workers because they are not possible clientele. Yeah. They only scream at you and they laugh at you, but they don't they don't spend your, their money on you. So that's that's the that's a, an effect of over tourism, but it's also caused by the fact that um, from say the United Kingdom, um, it's only a one hour flight to Amsterdam from mm-hmm. London mm-hmm. and maybe for 20 pounds, 20, 30 pounds, you can go back and forth. It's very cheap with those cheap airline companies. And that's another uh, cause for the over tourism. So there's a lot of, uh, um, it's not, not just one thing, there's a lot of uh, causes for that. So. Mm-hmm. Just for our listeners, Amsterdam did. Amsterdam was campaigning; they wanted more tourists, but they wanted tourists to visit the Rijk Museum, and they don't want the bachelor parties. <laughs> mm. So just so for... they attracted more tourists, but the, the tourists they got were not the one they wanted. Oh, that's a shame, since you know the Wallen is. It was my favorite part of the trip, that and the... Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the problems is that they now blame uh, the over-tourism and the misbehavior of certain groups, not all tourists, of course, but like especially these groups of young people who drink too much. Uh, and they blame the sex workers for that. Mm? Yeah. Mm. The mayor has... The mayor has um, made a few proposals, but they all concern closing the windows or uh, relocating them, which in our opinion is not the solution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Another thing is that cities like Barcelona and Venice, Mm -hmm. they experience the same thing. Tourism is okay, but it's just getting too much and people who misbehave, walk around in street in their bathing suits, you know, who in their right mind would do that? But city, but Venice and Barcelona do not have a red light district, so you can't blame it on the red light district. Mm-hmm. So just for our listeners, if you have been paying attention at all to this episode, I think the key takeaway here is that if you are going to go to Amsterdam or another country for whatever reason, and we've said this time and time again, A, do your research, and B, be respectful of the people, the culture. You are not in your home country. You are not in your home city. You treat, 
you respect them you are a guest in a foreign in a foreign environment you have to act as such and you have to hold yourself to a higher standard you are essentially a representative of your country going there this is not necessarily going to you know give getting drunk puking all over the place leaving your trash behind you that is not how you sh that is not how you put your best foot forward that is not how you foster I guess, intercontinental or even international relationships properly, if I'm understanding well, it is, correctly. <laughs> the thing is, um, the bachelor parties, um, they don't behave like that when they're at home. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> they behave yeah. like they're in a sort of Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, what sort of lessons or connections have you made in this industry that you wouldn't have made otherwise? What kind of connections? Yeah. Well, first of all, I know a lot of sex workers. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of brothel owners. Mm -hmm. um, I have some very, very interesting clients. Mm -hmm. uh, and have met some, I've done, done some extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, overall, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting community. What's the community like? It's very close, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, you take care of each other. Mm. And when the corona first locked down, one of the sex workers started an emergency fund that you could donate money to, and that she could pay people who don't cannot apply for any of the uh, benefits from the government. Uh, that they could, that she could give them some money, not very much, but so that enough that you wouldn't starve, so to say. Mm. Yeah looking at sex work so when you get into when you get into i guess your stereotypical job like your, your sex work i wouldn't consider you know a standard job almost it's kind of it's an exotic thought for us so when i say you know your standard jobs i'm talking like fast food restaurants grocery stores that sort of thing when you get into your standard jobs like fast food restaurants and grocery stores you end up having somebody who mentors you through, I guess, the first couple of days, or somebody who trains you on that, uh, on the specific tasks that you're supposed to be doing, whether it's stocking shelves, whether it's serving customers, whether it's, you know, custodial work, that sort of thing. Is there anything like that within the sex industry in Amsterdam? Do you have somebody who kind of goes through and shows you the ropes and shows you how to uh, survive in that environment? Well, not officially, there's not something like uh, what we call a war academy, but you learn from your colleagues. And your colleagues teach you the ropes and say, well, uh, how to look at the client and how to see if, if that's a possible client or not, so you don't pay that one attention, and how you should treat them and uh, what you should wear and what you should say. They, they teach each other. Okay. You learn from your colleagues, yeah. Yeah. And, and I work, my, uh, my escort work is through an agency. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I have a client, it, it doesn't happen very often. And I think, oh, I, I don't know about that one. I can contact the agency, you know, and get feedback from them. So you're not on your own. Cool. And in the red light district, there's also the brothel managers. And they work in shift. There's always someone present. They are there to look out for the girls, so when the client gets nasty, they will remove them, and when something happens, you can go to them for assistance. 
I guess the last question on my mind at this point, I don't know if Danny or Carol have any other questions, but the last question on my mind that I have at the moment, as somebody in the sex work profession, as an escort, what is your favorite part of the job? Um, well, especially with the, the clients, with like I described, um, making them, uh, giving them a nice hour. Mm. Giving them a nice hour. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. It, it, the the least time I spend with my clients is one hour. Sometimes it's more. Uh, and they have fun and they uh, they experience something nice and that's that's what I like about the job. Mm -hmm. The downside is that uh, you have to live even in the Netherlands, you still have to live sort of a double life. And I don't tell everybody about my work. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even here, there's a stigma on sex work. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but that's the good thing of working at PIC because of most of my colleagues there are sex workers and we can just 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 discuss our job like anyone else. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else you would like changed about uh, the sex work industry? Usually that uh, all the laws and regulations and things they make up to um, save the sex workers and fight human trafficking that's usually mm -hmm. they say oh we have to fight human trafficking so everything um, on the internet considering sex workers is not allowed like in the United States with the FOSTA SESTA regulation but usually those regulations have the opposite effect that it pushes you underground because what you do mm -hmm. is having restrictions and uh, there have been ideas like sex workers should all be registered. We don't want that. We don't want to be found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the best thing to do is decriminalize it completely like they have done in New Zealand. Danny, anything from you? Just the age old question. Is there anything that we didn't ask that you wanted to talk about? Uh, well, I wouldn't know right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I know my eyes have definitely been opened uh, through this discussion with you and you know my the way that I've my worldview has almost been challenged and I think I've actually learned something today which is kind of the whole point of this entire podcast is to learn something to help you know share information and to give new information to people who might not have it um, I want to thank you very very much for talking with us it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you a little bit and getting to know kind of things through your eyes, getting to see things through your eyes and from your perspective as a sex worker in Amsterdam. And that is like, it's been absolutely mind blowing for me. Um, Thank you. It was a pleasure. Normally yes. we would ask for, you know, we get contact information so we could blast that through social media. However, given the line of your work and given you know, sentiments that you've given us before. I don't think that is quite going to cut it here. So we're going to dispense with that unless, of course, you would like to. Well, you, you can always, um, if anyone wants to have more information, you can refer them to the PIC. The Prostitution Information which Center. You, which you contacted in the first place. Yeah, we can get yeah. contact information for that. Not a problem. Yeah. That's all online and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so. We're happy to, well, yeah. Uh, right, perfect. Thank uh, you, and thank you very much for uh, again talking with us t uh, today well I guess it's tonight for you um, it has been yeah. an absolute pleasure and 
we hope that you, we hope we wish you all the best in the future and you know we hope that your your business and your we hope that your business flourishes and that you have all of the luck okay thank you thank you so much thank you, thank you for your time <laughs> thank you have a nice day you too you too, you too. thank you bye bye bye, bye.